stepping of this man, Victor Hart. Bounce off from McNulty, and away he goes! Harry McNulty! This Knight gets away, Knight, up to the 22, he won't be caught! Welcome back, welcome back. Season, I'm going to call this season two. I'm going to start start fresh. Season two of the Alaka Doos. That rhymes. I like that. Once again, uh, I am Chris Knight and I'm joined by the Dr. Luke Trahan and uh, the main man himself, Harry McNulty. Good afternoon. Bonjour. Nos da. How are we doing? Borda. <laughs> Hello from the South Stand here in Hong Kong. <laughs> Hello from downtown Tokyo. How are we doing, gents? We are fantastic, bud. Just chilling, getting ready to get stuck into season two of the Alakadoos. Right, Doc, you're up in Loughborough. How, are, how is Team GB? What's going on up there, son? Yeah, all good. So we are off to Dubai tomorrow for this double header. Um, so we've been in for the last three, four days, last training camp, um, yeah, before heading off to Dubai. So last finishing touches and then uh, looking forward to a new season of seven starting. Love that. How has camp been? How are the how is how is the vibes in the camp? I've seen you been playing a lot of social games, bit of bit of uh, football tennis. Yeah, so particularly this kind of post Olympic, uh, lean into Canada and then post Canada, um, it's been kind of a long six months in and around Loughborough, being in a camp based system. I think the. Welsh and the Scottish boys are pretty happy this is the last week of being up here. Unfortunately, I think the English lads are going to be in here all next year again. Um, so just trying to keep the vibe up. So alongside doing some pretty tough training, uh, we've then got kind of our um, team games, build that team environment, bit of kick tennis, and we're in our little groups uh, that we've been in for the last six months. Um, and then, yeah, the group that's called the Astros that I'm in, we pretty much take the win every single week for the last six months what's the what's the meaning behind the astros any any there is uh, there is you don't miss anything like you so astros look after the launch plays so everything off scrums line out uh yeah that's what we take care of love that do you do that in ireland when you're there huh well just get on the astro for a <laughs> no as in uh, like astros astronauts boss <laughs> Astronauts, no. Uh, what do you know, have, we wouldn't call that. What did you look after, the analysis-wise, when you were mm-hmm. island? Hey, I say I sat down and looked at footage about three times my entire career. Honestly, I never ever. Never after games. Do you want an iPad? Watch that game. No, thank you. Like never, (laughs) I hate watching footage back. Honestly, like worst, worst professional ever. Um, But like every now and again, well, not every now and again, but like some tournaments we would be asked to basically do like analysis on the team. So it'd be like Harry and say Foster, you're going to take care of like Kenya. And then like you two lads, you're going to take care of this team and these two lads take care of this team. So then like say, for example, myself and Foster, we will split it between like attack and defense kind of thing on tour. But um, no, like, I guess if I was to be, if I was involved in things, it would just be kickoffs and scrums and lineouts, you know, just the set piece. Your bread and butter. Literally loves a set piece. Loves a set piece. But no, honestly, 
the kickoff magnet. Kickoffs, kickoff magnet. But um, I swear, I swear to God, I could probably count on, we'll say two hands just to it, so it's not as bad. How many times I sat at a computer in that uh, in that IRFU center in five years? <laughs> not, not, not even. What could have been, man? Not no, even what? Not even once a year then. Literally, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Christmas analysis time. Yeah, I think because it's you know the the analysis guys have the um, the data on you as well because you like sign in obviously on Huddle or whatever app yeah. they're using. So like it tracks your sign in time, how many times you've been on, what you've watched, how long you've watched, like which clips. It was like just 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 turn it on <laughs> turn it on leave it there go do something else and you say oh, i watch it with one, i was watching it with one of the other lads but he yeah. had it on his like who was that then <laughs> <laughs> don't worry, you don't know you wouldn't know him funny <laughs> <laughs> you say that harry no one else has been looking at it either so yeah. <laughs> all the lads now who like watch it with each other when no one yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's Harry, like what this could rogue have been, iPad. Watch those analysis clips, mate. You could be, you know, you could be there. What could it like literally what could have been? Could have beaten the All Blacks, but you could have been part of that island squad that beat the All Blacks on the weekend. Maybe that was my downfall, but you know, once you once you step out of that pitch, you know, it's just uh, gotta forget about it. On to the next one, yeah. Yeah. Bloody on to the next one. On to the next one. Win, lose, draw. Forget about it, yeah. Head switched <laughs> on. Next one, Sambo. Get a Sambo in between. <laughs> and Hazza, you've been out in France this weekend, haven't you? You've been competing in the Super yes. 7 Series. How, how in- did that come about? <clears throat> the man that travels a lot, fair play, you do get around. Gets around. The good kind of getting around, I suppose. But um, how did, sure, how did that happen? Myself and Nidy, we were, we were together, weren't we? And uh, I got a phone call. Um, when we were on top of Mount Brandon, <laughs> asking me about my availability. <laughs> on top of a mountain here, lad. Boy, in like um, a proper French accent as well? Or no, this, this uh, was the assistant coach's name is James Kent, and he is a Kiwi. Um, wow. So he, he was doing all the delegating from an English-speaking standpoint because good friend Jeremy Accardi is the coach for the Monaco team, but his English is... Limited. Well, his English is better than my French, put it that way. But um, he was just kind of leaving all the English speaking to, to James. Um, but how did that come about? Uh, Jeremy, in fairness to him, reached out prior and I was like, I'm home. I haven't really trained a whole lot. Um, I kind of gave it like a no at first. And then I had like a second thing. Think about it. I actually went for a run. I was like, OK, that run wasn't too bad. <laughs> I think I could do this. Uh, and then I rang him back just to say, like, look, I'm still available if you haven't filled the position. I'd love to come out. And then when Nighty was over visiting and we were down in County Kerry, uh, I got the phone call and then they were like, okay, sweet. There's just kind of like one or two things that we need you to do. And one of those was we need you to get a release form from the IRFU, even though it wasn't even signed to the IRFU. So I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> Don't know how I'm going to do that, but I uh, reached out to the lads and the coaches and stuff and they sorted it out pretty quick foster foster wrote you a note quickly did he basically yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) um got some analysis that was sent out to me obviously you know just pie that off pretty quick and then (laughs) um 
yeah, just got that over, sent it. And then um, the lads just booked me a flight for the Monday, flew in and was very cool opportunity to go into to Monaco. Uh, Norts was involved. Uh, Cecil Africa was involved. There was a few boys from the French team. And then there was a couple of lads who were kind of scattered through France in like Div 2 and like one or two guys who used to uh, play in Belgium as well for the Belgium side. So a good mix of lads. And I guess it would have been just out of my depth is the wrong word but going into an environment where you don't speak the language it probably would have been the first time i would, would have been in a in a sport in a sporting sense in that environment so it was quite interesting your brain is like literally working in overtime because it's trying so hard to understand what's being said but obviously has no clue and there's no <laughs> there's no way for it to know but you know just naturally you're trying to listen you're trying to focus it's a team huddle or whatever and things have been going on and then like you kind of have to just sit back and like let the let the french say what they need to say and then have somebody uh basically translate it so in french like all the everything everything was in french like because um there was guys there who literally barely spoke english or had like no english to an extent like very little very harsh on norton that is (laughs) <laughs> he was given out no one was given out hello uh, hello when he i bet he went full hello hello and just put yeah. on a little spoke english in a french accent yeah. i would be like english lads english yeah come on Long advantage all that kind of stuff but literally everything was french first and then uh depending who was available to give the translation so there was a, a South Africa guy, Brandon, who is playing uh, in France the last couple of years. He would translate some. Then the South Africa, or the, excuse me, not South Africa, the assistant coach would translate some. Then we had our uh, manager, and she um, is originally from England, lives over in France, and she would like pipe in and, and translate some of it as well. So, like, literally, team meetings, analysis, uh, everything. So, um, it was interesting. Very, very interesting, but like you can see how you can pick, pick it, start picking things up quite quick as well because you're just in the environment and you're just forced to speak it. So, you know, simple things like rugby terminology. I was trying to ask them, like, what, what does it mean to be wide, deep, flat? So, when things were tough on the sevens field, you could, you know, scream something and hope that it was the right, the right terminology and help them out, you know. Do they, do they have a team for nil-nil? It's nil-nil, lads. Nil-nil. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's composure in French? Uh, we didn't use the word composure, but um, we had like a, a word for it. So uh, Monaco actually has its own dialect called Monegasque. So there's some words that are different. So Ale is uh, Dage. So like okay. instead of saying Ale, Ale, you'd say Dage, Dage. Yeah. And then... Monaco, they say Monagu, which is like M-U-N-E-G-U. So we just use the word Monagu as the composer word, mm. the, the trigger. Monagu. Uh, Monagu. What do we have? A pla, a pla was flat. Um, profond, profond was deep, and then large was wide. They don't like so, it up on. They don't like it up Yeah, what's that? What's in that? French? Up on. Up Brandon. <laughs> And how was it? Yeah, because you haven't played. Was that the first tournament you played since the Olympics? Uh, I had played in Denver, um, in the Rugby Town Sevens, but it, it was my first like 
I was I probably had probably five weeks without any training, like literally no gym, no running, like five weeks of none of it. So I went for one run and one gym session, maybe two I might have fit in. Um, but it was good. Like um, they were obviously aware of my situation because I told them. Um, but like the training, it was quite French, which was also another experience. So like the first day I get in. Glass of white fag, bowstring. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> like, wake up, breakfast is until nine, meeting at 10. This is the first day, let's say, because I, I'll never forget this. It's just ingrained in my memory. Meeting at 10 to about 10.45. Then we went outside to walk through our tap plays and lineup moves because um, it was the first time the squad was together. Uh, took one or two headshots with the lads. Best things to get right straight away. Straight away. Hot penalties. <laughs> Spend a lot of time with them. Yep. Um, so we're out in the port in Monaco with all the yachts and everything, which was quite cool. And then we took, like, a couple of us took headshots that had just arrived. And then skip the second meeting, because obviously we didn't need it anymore. And so we went for coffees down at the harbour instead. Then back to the room, have lunch, and then get your stuff and head up for like a four o'clock training session. And <laughs> they get up to like six or something, like it's pitch black. Like, you did nothing, you know, all day. And it's like, yeah, well, if I get three half three training session up in the mountain somewhere, and then like finish, have dinner, off to bed, lads. <laughs> like, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The way it should be. The way it should be. Do you have a couple of beers in the build-up, or was it strictly? Uh, fresh we well, we didn't have like we didn't have like a, a night out. If that's what you're looking for, we had we had one night where we actually went to a restaurant down in the port, which was this cool sports bar that had like sports memorabilia that was signed by basically every top athlete that you can think of. Like just dotted the whole way through the entire place. It's like a museum, nearly. Uh, so we just went out there for a bit of a change of scenery, a bit of food and like uh, like two beers or whatever. Um, so that was quite nice. They, the whole thing was amazing. So I was like in Monaco for the four or five days, whatever it was. And then on the Friday morning, we flew from Nice up to Paris and we stayed just outside the Racing Stadium, La Défense. And then we played all day Saturday. And again, very cool tournament, very cool setup. They played tournaments earlier in August and uh, whoever was the top eight, went to this tournament and it was just a final so it's like equivalent of day two of a world series so it was straight quarters quarter semi-final and it didn't start until 2 45 in the afternoon and the final was at 10 o'clock at night <laughs> but i thought it was a really fantastic setup and way of like tournament and before the world series it could be quite cool to do like a top 16. So you basically start like at top 16 and then you just play each other and like in straight away, kind of like in the college basketball. Um, and you could, yeah, you could literally start it at like 11. It'd be no problem. And then it's like one day mad, um, go out on the Saturday night then afterwards, cause it'd be pumping. Um, you know, because we're serious, we're just trying to figure out ways to obviously keep it like viable. So it's like one day, just like absolutely jam packed. And then after the stadium, they let everybody onto the pitch and they had a DJ play. That's uh, what's the stadium like? Because it's obviously it's completely indoors where Rassin play. 
Yeah, it's quite cool. So yeah, completely indoors. I don't think that the roof opens at all. It's about 35,000 people. There was like 20,000 people at the thing, at the tournament, which I wasn't expecting at all, but they obviously did really well to like market it and stuff. And loads of people showed up. Fancy dress, like full on, full on sevens tournaments. Like more people there than that Paris sevens, to be honest. Um, that's stupid. That's quite you should switch the France leg of the sevens to that. I think it'd be class. Uh, yeah, because... Toulouse. Oh, Toulouse. Oh, okay. But the thing is, right, the French support the French, so that's why there were so many te- people there probably because there was more French teams to support while well, every team was technically French to support, right? Whereas, like, one French team out of 16, they don't really, like, go for that, I suppose. But uh, it was an a- it, 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 it's an Astro, but they water it uh, pre-play. So... Like, it's quite interesting because obviously you're in an indoor arena, but, like, the ground is, like, kind of wet and the ball can be wet, especially in the first in the first game and in, in the sevens instance or, like, uh, in the first 15, 20 minutes of, like, a professional 15s game. So that was interesting. And then kind of American-esque, they have a massive screen that runs along one side of the entire stadium where that has, like, all the information, score, all that kind of stuff. So technically it's only three sides the the stadium yeah. rather than the other they they don't have any seats over there so it's cool though yeah it looked it looked class very very cool to be able to play there it's yeah cool. i loved it it was great um i made it to the final which is great too fantastic dubai next then the draw has been made what'd you make of it double head at the start in dubai in the uh in the desert yeah, so we got a pretty interesting group. So we've got Japan, Hazard's mates, and then South Africa. Um, so it's going to be a good first day in the tournament. Obviously, the first tournament's going to be closed doors. And then second weekend is going to be what, what would be the traditional Dubai Sevens with all the invitational tournaments and hopefully a pretty big, excited crowd to watch in Sevens again. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's a it's a strange one to start, isn't it? Because it's, it's a twelve team comp to start off with. No New Zealand or Samoa due to coronavirus, uh, and I think the tight restrictions they got over there. And obviously, England, Wales, and in, uh, Scotland are Team GB. Uh, Japan are now a core team, so it's only a twelve team tournament. Groups are pretty savage. You're at your Pool C, but Pool A: Fiji, Australia, Canada, France. That's that's not that's not easy, is it? And then you got RGs, USA, Kenya, and Spain. So Pretty brutal, brutal uh, pools there. What, what what are you hoping for, Doc? Where, where do you think Team G will go? How, how do you think they go? Um, obviously, I think this format of the tournament is a bit of a step up from those two legs that we did in Canada for the 2021 season. Um, but I think it's brilliant. I think people who come to watch the tournaments want to see savage groups. They want to see like proper competition. And I think that's what those three groups uh, present to everyone. So I think it is going to be brutal, uh, but it's going to be quality to watch, quality to play in. Um, And yeah, I think it's going to be an awesome spectacle from a GB point of view. um, Obviously you're looking for a big day one coming up again. It's probably stiffer competition than we did in Canada. Uh, and it's going to be good to see on that day one of the first tournament just to just to see where you're at. Yeah, um, it's going to be very tough, I think, especially say from an Irish point of view. Those lads that I don't know who's going out, but 
if you were to take the squads that went to the two Canada legs, there's definitely a lot of experience missing. So based off that, like this would be a pretty big uh, step up and maybe uh, a difficult two weeks, especially when you got to back it up. It's never easy. Dubai will be hot. Um, but it should be amazing. I, like just thinking there, like there's only 12 teams. Like it would, it would be perfect that same setup that we did in um, in Paris or yeah, just there the other week. Like straight in uh, top 12. Like it'd be quite cool. But you could probably mix it in a right way that like maybe you play two games and then go through or whatever. But um, yeah, it should be interesting. It's great to have sevens back and Dubai's always a good one. So looking forward to it. As a, as you, you know, you. you, you not playing for Ireland this time. You are going out. We'll talk about that in a sec. You know, what did you make of the, the groups and how do you think Ireland will get on? I, I'd like to reserve my uh, <laughs> optimistic... No, not, not my comment. My optimistic uh, I thought, uh, thoughts. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not reserving my comment. I just... I, I honestly... I, uh, it's, so it's Japan, South Africa, GB. Like, um, so, like, you've got... A, an Irish team who are missing a lot of experience. Well, I'm just basing it off the, the Canada legs now. I don't know the team itself. So if you were to take it from there, you, the only way you build experience is to play better teams and, and better players. And like they did like well, people were saying, for those Canada legs. Like, then they ended up playing South Africa or Kenya. is like probably their, their first kind of big game and they lost like 35 to five or something. So um, even that was a big step up. So I think it's going to be a big learning curve. Now it's seven. So anything can really happen and, you know, they can have a really good game and play super well and the other team maybe might not. So I'd like to see um, like them play well, whether the results, I don't, I don't really mind, like, um, but I don't, I'd see South Africa and GB to be the two teams to come out of that group, to be honest. Because um, the GB team is quite strong, I'd imagine. Still a lot of lads training for after the Olympics. So if you were to take that, like that's a team that's been together for a very long time. And then South Africa is South Africa. And then Japan, you never know what you can get with them. So, yeah, that's what I think. It is an interesting one. And I'd, I'd, I've seen the not many teams have come out yet, but Fiji, no Jerry 2i. That that's because he's been hacked. Like yeah. he's been messaging all of us. Tell us about that. What happened with Mr. Jerry Two I? Oh <laughs> my god, he's been on to everybody. So, so his Instagram seems to be hacked. And then, like, I guess the hacker's quite smart because he was messaging myself, Luke, a couple other guys. De Carpentier got on to me, uh, one or two of the French guys. And basically, he's like, "Hey, boss, how are you?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, good." I'm like, "Weird to hear from Jerry." Like. Um, and it was, you know, his Instagram account and whatnot. And it's like, oh, you know, good, good. Like, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. All like this. And then tries to play it on you. Basically saying uh, there's a fake Facebook account going around um, with your name, pretending to be you. And they're asking for money. So they've asked me, they've asked my family, my friends, like, this isn't good. And I'm like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, could you like report it and like send me the send me like the photo of it? He's like, I've already reported it, blah, blah, blah. And then gives you the old spiel about like my mate works in Facebook. I'm like, I'm I don't think Jerry's got too many mates working in Facebook. But you never <laughs> um, know. You like, never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. Maybe I'm just yeah, doubtful. But um, he was saying 
like oh he can uh he can give you a blue tick on facebook so that uh you're verified uh you just need to fill in like this code or whatever and then he's like let me know when you get the code and when you fill it in i just like didn't reply he's like hello have you got the code yet have you replied and he starts getting a bit more aggressive and then seems like everybody got those messages so yeah. poor old jerry's been left behind he probably didn't get the message you see so is <laughs> <laughs> that was uh he got uh, i think everybody is interested to them had different ways of trying to work out whether it was actually him or not so I was trying to get him just to send me a video, video of him saying his name and the date and all that. Obviously wouldn't do it. Uh, um, Robbie looked at the time in Fiji and realised it was half four in the morning. So obviously clearly not him. You, <laughs> you then, never know, lad. <laughs> you, ne- you never know. He's a night owl, Mr. Two, right? He's out, he's out picking up pillows, lad. He's out stealing pillows. I- this is where they do all the bed flipping. Yeah, exactly. He was out flipping beds all night. Absolutely love that story. Doc, talk us through the Fijian pillows and the Fijian pillow story. Where did that start? That's Luke Tran all over, isn't it? Uh, to be fair, it wasn't me in the team. Years ago, probably six, seven years ago, we were down in Cape Town. Uh, and I think it was Tommy Isaacs just started stealing um, Kristen Phillips's pillows uh, each night. Um, and they managed to basically convince him that it was the Fijians running down, stealing it. And then one thing led to another. And on the night out then, uh, a few of us just started running around and flipping boys' beds upside down. Uh, and then me and Crossy got Ethan Davis fully upside down on his mattress. Uh, and then when Ethan eventually woke up, uh, told him that was PO2I and Jerry 2 I just run in and done it to him. He thought it was the best thing in the world, never questioned it. And uh, since then, it's just turned into a bit of a tradition. <laughs> the old pesky for jeans, lad. Uh, They're about... They'll, they'll get you. Those oh, two okay. eye brothers are, are absolute murder. It happened to me a lot. Vancouver. Mm. Uh, they were ruthless in Vancouver. <laughs> Three nights in a row, I had my pillow stolen. And I, it, was, it was Ed God moments. There's a few boys that I lost the night there. I remember Crossy... I stole his phone and I taped it to the ceiling above the physio bed and he didn't realise and he was losing his absolute head. He's like, where is it? I was like, Fijian's got it, mate. The Fijian stole your phone. <laughs> it's funny what happens to someone else, but when your pillows get nicked four, four nights in a row, it starts to wear off. Yeah. Or when you get a full upside down job and pretty much a full bucket of water thrown at you oh jesus after a tournament that's no fun no either. ideal no not at all now you're going to be out in uh dubai as well to, and uh tell us what what the crack is with you out there yeah i'm going out i'm making a return uh was looking to play but my uh Greenhouse of a body has failed me once again. Tweaked my hamstring. Uh, I was looking at the comeback. Them pesky little hamstrings. Brittle hamstrings, yeah. It's been too quick for my own good, mate. But I'm going out, doing a bit of coaching for the US Evans. We're in the uh, invitational uh, top tournament. So we've got a tough old group. We've got Samurai. We've got Belgium. And I think we've got maybe the Whalers. I can't remember. But it's uh, it's tough. And Hazard, you've played in that. And you say it's more brutal than the actual <laughs> elite tournament. Honestly, it can be. 100 percent because people are flogging each other out the back pitches like no one's around uh the team who are playing after you are waiting for you to get off basically so like 
you're coming up against brilliant teams. I mean, I, I was out there one year. I remember Samurai was basically South Africa development. You had like Werner Koch and like Sinatla coming back from injury playing and like Roscoe Speckman and stuff. And then the teams that are out there this year are obviously very, very good. And then, um, yeah, just tight games. And if you make it to the final, you get to play on the main pitch. So that's kind of the draw that everyone's, you know, they want to get out there. They want to play on the main pitch. They want to play in front of the crowd. And the only way you're going to do that is get to the final. So everybody is just like flogging themselves. It's a tough one. It's yeah. a really, really tough yeah. one. When we, um, I did it when I was 18 and we were two samurai teams, like you said, uh, has the second samurai team was SA Development. All these boys no one had ever heard of got to the final. We'd done pretty well. And we were like, all right, this is going to be a tough one against the, the South Africans. And their team was like Quagga Smith, Werner Koch, Cheslin Colby came off the bench and hadn't really seen much of him. And he made like a line break. And I was at sweep and bearing in mind, you're on the main pitch, 40,000 people there. And I've never, ever, ever been stepped so bad in my life to the point I was like, oh, happy days. I've tackled him here. Next thing I'm like getting up off the floor, like dusting the grass off and your mates under the post. And uh, yeah, they were awesome. I think Gadould was playing as well. And then literally the next year, that whole team just got shifted up into the... South African team. So yeah, they they yeah, I think they won by about 35, 40 points in the end in that game. Well, yeah, so it's a tough one. I don't know what they feed them in Stellenbosch Academy, but their development future life. <laughs> future life. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Honestly, I've been down there like that's all they've got going on is future life. Um, future life some strong stuff <laughs> future life I've when we were down there we were training and um, one morning we go and like for breakfast and the future life stuff is, I guess it's like a it's like a sort of like a porridge but then they add in extra nutrients and like protein and stuff and like a bit of chocolate to give the it a ex- flavor the extra bit is the key bit though yeah exactly so I'm like what is this and your one's like future life and I'm like am I like having a stroke, like I've never heard of whatever word has come out of her mouth and a bit of an accent. I'm looking beside me, Adam Levy's beside me, and he's also like, Excuse me, what is this? Future laugh, future laugh. And we're like, Is this a, like a plant? Is this a grain? Like, we've never heard of this before. And she's like, Future laugh, yeah, yeah, future laugh, future laugh. And we're like, Honestly, couldn't figure out for the life of us. It's like, Oh, I'll bring it, I'll bring it to you. And I'm expecting like, you know, like taro is like a root and then they kind of boil it down and then they create something. I'm, I'm expecting some sort of, I don't know, grain or root or bag of something to come out and they make the porridge. She just brings out this box and it's like, you know, Vernacock's like on the front of it. <laughs> it's green <laughs> with like an orange top. It's like future life. I'm like, oh, okay. Future life. We got it now. But it's everywhere down in Stellenbosch. <laughs> That's exactly what they're feeding them just makes you really good at rugby unreal at rugby yeah savage at rugby it's disgusting i hope it's not so laugh great that samurai this year otherwise we're going to get an absolute tuning because they're just unbelievable but i'm looking forward to it um it'll be the first time i've gone out to dubai as a fan slash non as an alakadu as an alakadu yeah as a non-elite player being out there being out to dubai sevens twice with with wales so be be interesting. Uh, last time I went to a uh, sevens tournament as a fan, I got thrown out for being too drunk. <laughs> that was. I was, was going to ask you whether you taking the crutches with you to Dubai. Round two. 
long arm from the crutch, maybe. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm looking forward to it. Um, being able to watch uh, you out there, Doc. Uh, Hazza, you're going out as well, aren't you? What's the crack with you? I'm not going with the Irish team at the moment, so I'm heading out with um, a Monaco team, a different one this time. There's a second one. And uh, Matt Turner, who used to play for England, now at the MLR, he's a, a good friend, and he's been kind of going on this tour for a couple of years, I think, now with this team. It's meant to be a good crack because um, there's a bit of royalty involved in, t- in terms of this Monaco team, as was the other one. Um, so I'm playing in Lisbon first in a tens tournament with the Rhinos, and then I'm flying on the Monday, getting at like midnight or something, and then I'll be there from the Tuesday. So not too much time with the team. Um, it's, it'd be quite cool um, if it had worked out that the Lisbon tournament was maybe a little earlier because the team are all meeting in Monaco first and heading from there. I'm doing like one or two nights there, which would be a good crack, but um, that's how it goes. And uh, I can't remember quite who's in our pool. I think Irish Development are in our pool. Uh, I can't remember who else, but um, should be good fun. I, uh, I'm not too sure again who's even on the team. It's like I literally just got a message as we were speaking from the uh, coordinator of the whole thing. So uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be my first time. Uh, oh, no, it's not my first time going as a non-professional, but it's kind of my first time where I'm not going like uh, association with Ireland. Um, so a little bit probably less pressure um, I'm going to stay on for a week as well just because I think it looks like things here in Ireland are starting to uh, slow down and close down a little bit maybe um, Austria is closing down fully tomorrow so you know as soon as one country starts to do that other countries kind of following behind and the restrictions are coming in place so I thought well might as well stay out for a week and get more sun and you know, assess the situation from there, you know, forward thinking. Yeah. I like that. I like that. And uh, your Prince of Monaco team, uh, who you don't know who's in it is Collins. Do you say Collins is going to play for you? Is that still Might good? So technically, technically actually this is the princess and the one I was just with is the prince. I had that confused before. Um, so this one's technically the princess, but uh, Collins, I believe is going to be with us and then Matt Turner, but then everybody else on board, I not a hundred percent sure on. But again, it's like, it's quite cool. It's invitational rugby. It's a mixture of guys. I believe that everything's going to be English <laughs> for this one. It won't be fully French. Um, but yeah, it should be good fun. We were, I think we were trying to play in the division one lower than uh, the invitational because this is technically like a charity style team. So yeah, um, we're not really, well, we're not meant to be as serious kind of as the other teams when you've got like Samurai there, Germany development, which would just be Germany who are like trying to get to the final and really push it. And we kind of want to go one below, but now that we're in it, obviously we're going to try and do our best and have some fun while we do it. So it should be good crack. I love that charity team with Collins and Jira, one of the world record try scorers and Matt Turner, former world rugby sevens player of the year and Harry McNulty Olympian. Bit crack. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see how we go. I can't, I, I can't wait to see the other four people are going to be in the starting team, man. <laughs> Steve, Steve from accounts. Steve, Steve from accounts. Like, uh, the, the princess's brother or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Go on there, John. Like. Yeah, it sounds like you three are doing 16, six 14-minute shifts, by the way, doesn't it? Christ. No, thank you. No, thank you. The Dubai Sevens is more than just the elite tournament. It's got like everything going on the pitches around it, the netball. So like to see all that and experience that, I think I'm looking forward to that. And also getting on the source as well, because 
I'm, I'm coming after you, Hazza. I'm, I'm saucy lalas, lad. Mate, coming <laughs> after me. Like, Luke, you weren't there, obviously, in Dingle. R.I.P. But I, I, I like, can imagine. I, I know where it's going. The story, don't worry. Just like I've never seen the likes. He just did a disservice to the Welsh. You let yourself down. I had a bad tummy, or I had a bad tummy. Honestly, bad tummy. We're going to the pub, uh, having these beautiful pints of Guinness. For any Irish listeners out there, you know what a snug is. But for anybody who doesn't know what a snug, it's basically this in old school Irish bars. There's these like little areas either side of the bar that are private with a door. And then there's a little window that goes into the bar from there. And there's a whole history that we won't get into it. But we secured one, which is not an easy feat, especially in Dingle. I'm like, mate, like, come on, we'll go in here. It's so nice. There's a lovely snug. Two, two minutes in. Oh, my stomach hurts. My stomach hurts. Oh. He's getting up and down. He's going to the bathroom. He's coming in and out, like, complaining. And then uh, I'm just there sucking diesel, like, a couple yeah. pints in, just loving it on my own. And then, yeah, just every time I went for a pint, I was like, we'll get a pint here. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, let's go. I don't need a pint right now. I'll have a that's... cider if they have it. <laughs> Uh, that's their <laughs> gobbler all over. Can't handle the can't handle the Irish champagne, can you? I'll put my hand up. It wasn't my. It was it was one of my worst ever performances. But I was in a, I was in a world of discomfort. <laughs> I was in a world. Of, but me, the real the real me, uh, Turbo Tudor, my alter ego, will be out in Dubai and Tur- Turbo Tudor. Is this like when we were out in Cardiff that one time? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, revving up to the max. But I'll have the uh, these Sendo visions on, and I'll be there in good form. And then uh, Doc will see you in Barasti after, yeah. For sure, for sure. You're staying out as well, aren't you, Doc? You're staying out for a week. Yeah, I'm staying out for a week. So yeah. Three weeks of sunshine for you. You're going to come back looking like Mowgli. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> That's looking the plan. like a Scotch egg, lad. <laughs> yeah, when I uh, <laughs> nice and when brown. I, yeah. <laughs> It's either that, but it's either that or come back to it a bit like what Harry said. Uh, things shutting down a bit, and it's probably it's probably raining the whole time. So another week in the sun, can't say make, no. Make it two weeks, why not? Yeah, we'll see how we go. And Doc, it's going to be your last two. Well, not forever, but GB then splits up after that. What is what's the crack with the series this year, Doc? Because I don't really understand it. Obviously, it's already been impacted coronavirus. New Zealand and Samoa aren't there. Hong Kong Seven has just been cancelled. RIP. Um, yeah. What a shame it is. Yeah. It's meant to be the sixth on the series in April. Now it's been moved back to November. Um, no statement on World Rugby. What's the crack? How, how's it work? Because obviously GB is not there the whole series. Yeah, it's a bit of a confusing series. So obviously there's normally the 10 tournaments. And as you've said already, a few of the teams can't get there for coronavirus or quarantine uh, reasons. So what they decided to do was you're going to be ranked on your best seven tournaments that you do. So if you only go to seven uh, or even if you go to 10, they'll only take your seven best finishes. That's the point you'll have on the final series. And that's what's going to determine the winner. And then also the bottom of the table where they're going to be in that relegation zone. In terms of the GB side, uh, it's obviously these two tournaments are going to be GB. And then what they're going to do is split whatever points you make from that equally between England, Wales and Scotland ready for post-Christmas and New Year. 
for the Spain legs, uh, where you, you go back to those home nations. That's, that's interesting stuff. And is there anything on what happens if a team doesn't make seven tournaments, for example? Because obviously, we're already two down. Yeah. So it's going. So what they want to do is uh, so say normally there's 16 teams and there's only 12 now. Uh, the points that you would get for being 13, 14, 15, 16, they'll be evenly split between uh, New Zealand and Samoa uh, for this one. And what they wanted to do, although I don't know whether Hong Kong being cancelled will affect this, they then wanted to basically take the bottom, I think it was bottom three teams, maybe bottom four teams, and then you essentially play a round robin with the top two or three from the Challenger series, and then the the top uh, three or four in that kind of round robin will stay on the World Series. So it could be very interesting if New Zealand don't make it to any of the tournaments, they could be down there. So you you essentially don't want to be one of the teams that could end up playing with like a New Zealand, a fully like fledged New Zealand, fully fledged Samoan team within kind of a relegation battle. So it could get very very interesting towards the end of the year. Yeah, it sounds messy, and you can't help but feel like it's tough for World Rugby because they don't know what's going on. You know, sevens is heavily impacted by travel. New Zealand have like the strictest restrictions in the world, so it's a tough situation to be in. But it'll be interesting to see how the season unfolds. Uh, I bet that was great news for you as, as as a Welshman. You know, splitting those points, you're like, money else, more points we're going to get the rest of the series. Well, that's uh, we still have to then perform as GB, but yeah, it could really help. No, it's going to be interesting, like you said. If if someone like New Zealand misses half the series and they end up in that relegation scrap. It's not good news for the other teams, is it? Because they they ain't going easy. No, not at all. So, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be very very interesting year. And I also like the fact they got a couple of new tournaments this year. Haven't they? they got Spain. Yep. So there's two in Spain. Going to be Seville and Malaga, which I think is uh, I think they're going to be really really good tournaments. Uh, Purely from, I think they're going to be quite nice places for like friends and family and fairly accessible to be able to come out and watch tournaments. So, um, yeah, I'm actually really, really looking forward to those ones. I see they strategically put Seville second over Malaga. Yeah. And then, because, yeah. Although that could, that could play havoc, a few of the boys going out in Malaga. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Aussies cut loose in Malaga. Yeah. I think on their list, they also had Ibiza and uh, places like Ayanapa ready to go. Magaluf, baby. <laughs> the Falaraki seven. <laughs> <laughs> just just with half the teams that had just cut, just like completely half cut. Wasn't there, an yeah. Ibiza, wasn't there an Ibiza Beach fives or something that used to go ahead? It's going to be an interesting season. And I think, yeah, I like the Spain legs because the, the European legs have always been a bit damp and miserable, haven't they? Yeah. Glasgow, Twickers, Fr- Paris is never like lush weather, is it? So. No. I'll be out for that. I'll try and get out for that. Support the boys. Get kicked out of another stadium. Do it. Like, when is it? February, I Yeah, start of Feb. We could do it. We could do a. We could do like a Alakus live. 
half time podcast. So Luke's <laughs> just down there, but we'll get him after, and then we can just be sat there. Like, um, but yeah, it should be an interesting bloody year. It should be. It should be, Hazard. And are you, are you tempted to go back, Hazard? What's the crack with you now? Just having a bit of fun for Christmas? Yeah, I'm kind of in that space now. Just um, I, I'm getting like a lot of work outside of rugby, which is fantastic. It's probably the busiest I've ever been um, the last month or two. Um, so like that's obviously there's a couple of reasons for that. And I know that it's not going to last like at the rate that it's going. So I'm just trying to make the most of it basically with some countries opening up and, and, and companies uh, need to spend the, spend their budget. They, uh, a lot of just cool opportunities came up. So taking that and then um, now that looks like we're on the other side of things and it's going to kind of close down again, um, going to like stay out in Dubai for a bit and, and see what I can do out there. So yeah, just kind of taking it, taking it kind of one month at a time really and just enjoying myself up to, up to new year and not to be too restricted to, any one thing whereas if i was in the rfu right now obviously strict protocol for covid um <clears throat> training four days a week but you know the even the likes of myself and yourself Nadia, when we went down to dingle like could that have really happened if i was in the rfu at the moment i'm not sure um because you know it would have been on social media somebody would have been like he's hanging out with a guy from a different country all weekend like nobody knows where like you know, it's kind of one of those, it's literally one of those things where it's with a really pale creature shy drinking, but yeah, um, it's, it's, it literally is one of those, just one of those things where, um, all those factors get taken into account. So, um, yeah, it's just a bit tough for what I'm kind of doing at, at life at the moment, but you know, there is a world cup, in September in Cape Town, one unbelievable city, unbelievable stadium. Like I know that will be absolutely mad. Uh, the World Cups are fun, so there is something kind of on the horizon. It's not like it's a, a nothing year would be the wrong terminology, but you know it's not like it's just like another year of the World Series where there's nothing at the end of it. So um, it would nearly be easier for tournaments just to cancel because it'd be like you know there's like where teams would be using the year obviously to prep for the world cup and there's something to build towards. Whereas if there was nothing, it kind of be like, Oh sure. We'll sack this one off again because Hong Kong just went or stuff like that. So yeah. Bit all over the shop, lad. <laughs> hey, hey, fair enough. Aren't we all makes sense. Mm. It makes sense. Yeah. Right. Lads finish it up there. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Just got a, uh, one shout out. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Luke, sorry. You, you go on, plug away. Yeah, well, as you know, us three were chilling on Club Penguin last night, and yep. then one of the penguins called Rassi uh, said he, he's not busy for the next couple of months. Uh, he's going to be out in Dubai supporting the Saffirs and said, down with GB in Ireland. So, big shout out to Razzy the Penguin. Thanks, Razzy. Razzy the Penguin, lovely guy. Doesn't like calling out referees at all. Pleasure, lads. With me, Alec Adus, as always. Thank you for listening. Don't worry about finding us. We'll find you. And uh, we might even have a pod next week from Dubai. We'll see. We'll see. That would be class. Next pod. But pleasure, lads. Thank you. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Solange. Solange. Solange.